friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We love being encouraged to live out our faith in Jesus by hearing the stories of women in our church community. We are so glad that you're here. Yes, it is possible to laugh a lot while talking about contentment, because that's what Corey Mangum, Carol Steer, and I did. While I loved laughing with them, I also valued their wise and honest insights about contentment. I especially appreciated how they refused to pretend to be content. Instead, they shared how they fight for and enjoy real contentment. Here's our conversation. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. I'm here with Corey and with Carol, and we are excited to get to chat today. I'm so glad that y'all said you would join us and just come share a little bit about contentment and what that has and does look like in your life. Before we kind of jump into what we're going to talk about today, we love to ask everyone, what is a little something that has brought you joy lately? So Carol, I will ask you first, what is a little something that's brought you joy lately? Well, so recently I rented a Peloton bike and I love it. It sits in my corner of my study. It's waiting there for me to exercise when I feel like it. It's not, it's like it's like a friend waiting to have coffee with me, you know? <laughs> I can get on it if I want to. I don't feel that way about exercise, but I'm glad that you do. I do. I love it. I love that. I love it. I so, didn't know you could rent them either. That's well, cool. Well, it's kind of a rent-to-buy situation, so I thought, let me just do that in case I don't use it. I can send it back. They'll come pick it up. I don't have to take it anywhere if I'm not using it, if I decide I don't want it. So we're in this pedal, pe- uh, Peloton trial situation. <laughs> and it sounds like it's going well. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It brings me joy. It does bring me joy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Corey, what about you? What is bringing you joy lately? Um, I think because school is out for summer and all the moms said, hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a teacher who made it through May, bless you. Because mm-hmm. kids have been done and parents have been done for a while. So mm-hmm. bless all the teachers. Mm-hmm. But super thankful May is coming to a close mm-hmm. and yes. school is out. That's great. Yes. Love it. Well, as I mentioned, we are here to talk about contentment. And as we do, I think it's important to note, perhaps on behalf of all three of us, that we, when we think about contentment, we're not really necessarily focusing on what we have or what we don't have. Mm -hmm. We're not really talking about how to get your life perfect because none of us think that it is or that contentment is based on our circumstances always looking like we want them to. We also are not wanting to imply at all that we think that life is easy and that there are no challenges. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think we would all say that contentment is something that we have to learn. And it's something that we have to learn regardless of what our circumstances are, whether things are going well or not. And so I think as we talk about contentment, we're kind of trying to encourage ourselves and encourage each other to push toward maybe an inner confidence to just kind of face life well, mm-hmm. regardless of what our circumstances are, just that peace, sufficiency, satisfaction that comes in, okay, God, this is who you are and where I am, and just wanting to approach that well. Yeah. So that is what we're going to talk about and what we all have and are still learning. <laughs> and so Paul, actually, in Philippians 4, talks a good bit about learning contentment. And I think it's really interesting because he talks about not just that we have to 
learn contentment when things are hard, but we have to learn contentment actually when our circumstances might be pleasing. Mm -hmm. And so to maybe throw a curveball, we might have thought we would start this episode with how do we learn contentment when things are hard? I kind of want to start with how do we have a sense of inner confidence, peace, efficiency when things are going well? Mm -hmm. So Carol, would you share with us, is there anything that has happened in your life or any stories that pop to mind where you were learning contentment, maybe in a season of abundance? Mm -hmm. So early in our marriage, um, Fred and I bought our first house and it was quite the fixer upper. (laughs) And uh, we thought we could do many of these projects ourselves. So we started in one room, um, pulling back some carpet and laying a new tile floor in this one room. And uh, we did the tile really quite well, but we didn't know how to properly tack down the carpet edge. And so we just left a frayed, taggered carpet edge that just kind of laid over the threshold of one room (laughs) into the next room. And so... um, and it sat like that for quite a while. And it it really, really started to bother me, and especially when we would entertain other people. And I was probably really struggling with um, how I might be judged for what my house looked like. Um, so I just... Um, struggled with that for a while. Then it also kind of bled into struggling with uh, a discontentment with my husband. Like, Mm -hmm. I wish he was better at these projects, or I wish wish we had the resources to pay a professional to come in and do these, yeah, finish these projects in a way that didn't embarrass me or look half done. Mm -hmm. So, um, and about the same time, I was in a Bible study with a lovely group of women, and we were going to serve another group of women that had just been uh, released from prison and who were being reconnected with their children. Mm, we were going beautiful. to serve them dinner and have a Bible study and a night of fellowship. So we went and served dinner and it was a lovely evening, but I and had a beautiful Bible study and uh, drove away from there feeling so convicted of the abundance that I was living in and just you know, that my home was a beautiful home. And yeah, it was a fixer upper, but, and there were a few spots that didn't look as good as the other spots, but it was, it was a beautiful home. And, um, I was so fortunate to be a stay at home mom. There was so much that the Lord had blessed me in, but because I was so focused on the parts that weren't perfect or what I thought were perfect, I became very discontented with my situation in that season. So I I was blessed to have had that experience, to refocus. I mean, these women literally start with nothing when they get out of prison, and they're trying to build back a life for their kids. And I had so much, you know. I just lost um, sight of all that I had because I was overly focused on it not looking the way I wanted it to look, you know. I think that story is so profound in so many different ways, because regardless of what's going on in our life and how much we do or don't have, there will always, at least on earth, be something we would tweak or make a little different. And so if we spend our lives constantly focused on what may not measure up, we miss all of the great things that we do have. Mm -hmm. And just like you talked about just didn't see it. Like mm-hmm. you saw it all the time, but you didn't see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And just focusing that sight and gratitude on, okay, yeah, maybe that carpet is there, but look at all the other things I do have oh, that are great. And great. gratitude is such a helpful tool mm-hmm. to fight for contentment. Right, right. I mean, you could sit and list all the things I had been blessed with, you know, 
Um, there was a little pool in the backyard. There was a park down the street. There were friends close by. Um, it had plenty of room when my parents wanted to come visit. There was a room for them. It, I mean, I was blessed abundantly. And when you lose focus on of that, then you start to be very discontented. And it does bleed into other areas of your life, your marriage and it does. other things. So It does. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's a, a great way for us to start our conversation. Uh, Corey, I'll turn to you. This idea of contentment, obviously, it's something we learn. It's something we wrestle with. When you think about your life and contentment, what stories or areas come to mind of what that's looked like for you? Well, Kathy. <laughs> You're um, perfectly contented and don't have any stories to share, right? <laughs> um, I struggle with contentment regularly. Um, and I think back to Eve and how she lived in paradise and she had a husband without sin and she had shalom and peace and still was discontent. Mm-hmm. And so I think just as women, it does, we struggle with it's it. A battle. Yes, constantly. And it can become just like Carol said, like the one thing you focus on. If I just had this one thing, it would make everything else better, which we know isn't true right. because then that just becomes something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you asked that question, I was thinking through not so much stuff. Now, don't misunderstand that because I did stand in my closet this morning and look at my clothes. I I hate everything. I I need a whole new wardrobe. Um, so, but I struggle mostly like my grumbling and complaining. If I really looked at it would be things I can't control Mm -hmm. and situations I can't fix or people I can't change. Um, or people that aren't meeting a certain expectation that I have, that's really where my grumbling and complaining internally comes. You wouldn't know because you can also camouflage your discontentment very easily. Mm -hmm. But then it just just adds misery to you, right? Not only are you discontent, but you're also just living in this misery, replaying and rehashing these things that if I just had this or Mm -hmm. if you would just do this... so I, th- I just want to stop ahead. and say, I think that's incredibly profound. And when I think about it, I really can resonate with that. Because sometimes when we think about contentment, we do think about things. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you said, people, situations, things I can't control. I think that is an area of discontentment that we may not even recognize mm-hmm. as an area of discontentment. And so I'm so grateful that you said that, because I think many of us can relate to that, the rehashing in the mind of what we perceive was wrong and right. can get really frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to hear more. Tell me more about that. Well, for me, so I do rehash in my mind that you say that. Um, when I do have like quiet moments, I'm just replaying it or I deserve this or why can't you do this kind of thing. And um, so I've started, I found the Dwell app, okay. which is just read scripture over you and you can pick the version that you listen to and the voice that reads it to you. Um, so that because when I do have those quiet moments, it is when I just downward spiral. If that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unfortunately, thinking, I get it. Why yes. d- does this floor look like this? Mm-hmm. And here's what we should do. Mm-hmm. And right, like you just become fixated on it. So introducing God's word into that, where I'm not having to sit and read it, which we all mm-hmm. should do that. But you can just press it on your phone, and it will read scripture over you. And mm-hmm. I have just found that to be. Um, kind of life-changing for me to help with my negative thoughts mm-hmm. and my internal grumbling and complaining. Mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful, really helpful. 
Carol, can you relate to that? Any yeah. situations that you think I couldn't control or fix that? Oh yeah, yeah. So when um, when Abby was in second grade, she was diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD. And you know, when we got that diagnosis, it was it was a huge blessing because we could then start getting her help and assistance to to be successful in the classroom. Um, but that was kind of a long journey, and it took us two or three years of kind of struggling, you know, through some through some situations to get her there. Um, but, you know, I can remember telling her, listen, God has a plan for you. His plan is to prosper you, and it's not to harm you, and it's, you know, to give you a future. And so there's purpose in this struggle for you somewhere. We are going to do the best we can uh, and get you all the help we can find and educate ourselves on all the things that help you be successful in the classroom and deal with this struggle. But um, ultimately, I know that God is going to use this in some big way. You know, it was, it was, it was just a struggle, and we couldn't, we couldn't fix it for her. Like I couldn't, I couldn't not make school hard for her. And it was, it was difficult to see her embarrassed about telling her friends why she was pulled out of the classroom and. I thought she should be given an award because it seemed to me like she was working twice as hard as everybody, mm-hmm. you know, but um, it was just something we couldn't fix. And we just had to trust the Lord that he had purpose in this for her, that she was going to receive perseverance and character and hope in this struggle. And um, luckily, or I don't know if it's luck or not, but she did go on to graduate from high school of Chloris, get in a g- good college, and now she's a practicing speech pathologist. So he was faithful in that, you know, and I I think she did get a lot of perseverance in that struggle. But um, I think so often, you know, we want to rescue our kids from their struggle, and we forget that God has purpose in their struggle for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want our kids always to be happy and not to ever, you know, struggle but we have to remember God has purpose in their struggles, just like we have purpose in our struggles as well, you know. I love that. You said several things that I think are so helpful that really help with our contentment. One is saying, God has a purpose in this. Mm-hmm. And so I can rest and have peace and confidence in who He is. And I think also, I, I think I've heard you say this before, focusing on what you could control mm-hmm. versus what you can't. You couldn't wave it away. You couldn't make it easy, but there were some things you could do. Mm-hmm. You could pray. Mm-hmm. You could seek tools that would help her. You could encourage her in what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I become discontent, it's because I'm trying to do something that is not in my control. Yeah. And so some of the contentment, I can learn contentment when I recognize, okay, here are things outside of my control. Mm-hmm. And here is where God can equip and help me to do what I can do. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be a really helpful nugget of truth to help us when we wrestle with discontentment. One of the very first things we did after she was diagnosed as a little girl was pray. I can remember laying face down on my floor and praying for parenting wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, God, guide us, give us parenting wisdom, bring resources to me that will help me in this journey. Um, Yeah, asking friends to pray every star testing season what is the what is the tax tax test star test what is it called now <laughs> this was quite a while ago i think so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. 
anyway, <laughs> yeah. Who knows when lots, the episode drops, we might have yeah, a new one. <laughs> yeah, lots of lots of prayer in the in that in helping her get through school and but um, yeah, she was a fighter and mm-hmm. persevered well. So I love that. Yeah, I love that. Corey, I know you began to give us a glimpse a little while ago, kind of into your thought processes with contentment. But if you are willing, kind of pull back the curtain a little more. And how do you process your contentment? How do you notice your triggers or notice before you have spiraled that you might be a few steps down the spiral? How do you, how do you process that? Um, I know that as soon as I start thinking I deserve Hmm. that I'm there, right? Because we don't deserve anything. Anything we get on earth is infinitely better than what we deserve. Um, and as the Lord's kindness and the Lord's blessing to us. And so when I start thinking I deserve something, for me, that is a, okay, That's I'm That's great there. to note that about yourself. Mm-hmm. And also for me, what really helps are people like you guys, who is just good, godly community mm. and Christian women who won't let you just keep spiraling. Or if I do, if I am complaining about something I can't control, a kid with anxiety or a diagnosis or defiance or... Friends who just point you back to the Lord, mm-hmm. and and you're in your abundance. What that is, and so I think to be surrounded by people that you can be authentic and truthful with, but who will also point you back to the Lord, and that you don't deserve anything, and that you're not in control of this. Stop trying to hold it so tightly. Still, we should still pray. I think for for those things that need to change or that we would like help with, but to just find peace in it, that the Lord can use it for good. I love that you said even, it doesn't mean you stop caring or start Mm -hmm. necessarily working for some of those things or praying for some of those things. But I think that uh, still resting internally or trying to rest internally even as you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, realizing God's plan or the What's unfolding before you, even though it's not what you think it should look like, might even be better for you. I mean, trusting what He has for you is better than what you would conjure for yourself in your control, you know, or, you know, your expectation of how you think things should be. And when it doesn't come to be that and you um, get a little anxious about that, you, it's helpful for me to stop and think, okay, but maybe what God is laying before me might be better in some way, you know, trusting that. I really appreciate too. Sometimes I think about, well, contentment is just about me and about my heart. And to an extent it is, but I like that you said, in a sense, even my contentment is a community effort Mm -hmm. or your contentment is a community effort. That part of it is having other people around you that will offer input into what you're thinking or how to pull it back to truth, or maybe that does matter and you should pursue that. Or maybe we need to check that for a minute, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I've never really thought about contentment from a community aspect. And I really appreciate that you brought that up. Mm -hmm. Okay. I started off our conversation by saying, hey, let's talk about contentment in abundance. And we still need to learn contentment in abundance. But Contentment is also a battle when things are hard. And so are there any instances that come to your mind of how you've had to wrestle through contentment when things are hard? Yeah. So um, last October, I was diagnosed with stage one 
um, mucinous ovarian cancer. Mm. And after a complete hysterectomy, I had to undergo um, six rounds of chemotherapy. And um, just before I was diagnosed, I was probably in the best shape of my life. I had been focusing on eating right and exercising regularly, and I was um, making a big attempt to prepare myself to age well, you know, all about aging well. I'm going to live out this last inning of my life, you know, in a healthy and happy way. So this diagnosis came uh, really as a complete shock to me. And um, after that sixth round of chemo, you know, I had made it through pretty well. Uh, I had, uh, after that sixth round, I finally had lost all of my eyebrows and all of my eyelashes. So I looked more sick than I felt. And it was really kind of a hard place to be. Um, So uh, my sweet son who called to check in quite often in this period. He's like called me to check in and said, hey, mom, how are you doing? And he must have got an earful of complaining. (laughs) I'm sure I was complaining because I didn't like the way I looked and um, maybe had just started working out or exercising again. And um, physically, that was harder. I think I gained 15 pounds through chemo, which I, you know, understand that's something that can happen, surprisingly. So, um, probably in now not as good a shape as when I clearly as when I started the whole process so um anyway you know my sweet son sent me a text message a couple days later to encourage me and he just said you know mom I I just want to encourage you and tell you that God's grace is sufficient for us and that our faith is enough for him that Uh, His text message said, you know, we can't take our status, we can't take our health, we can't take any of our belongings to heaven with us, and we're just here passing through, and, you know, God is enough in every way. He's enough. And I, I, like you said, I needed Him to remind me of that. I mean, the Lord does not promise us that we're going to have healthy days till we are not here anymore, um, or happy day. Every day is not going to be happy. I mean, He kind of guarantees we're going to have some struggles along the way, Right. Um, but I think that I just needed somebody to speak that into me. And all, through the whole process of the chemotherapy, the people who loved me and would send me scripture and, you know, remind me of God's word in these struggles really kind of carried me through and helped me um, stay positive and um, just felt probably so loved during this very difficult time in my life. But, um, you know, God's word teaches us that. Our struggles do, um, you know, give us perseverance, and perseverance teaches us character, and character leads to hope, and that hope will not disappoint. And so, you know, that's what you have to hold on to, that that God is enough, even in, in the hard times. And that, you know, salvation is really guaranteed, and that is where my hope is, in my mm-hmm. salvation. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. I love that you said that um, because I think in our circumstances, sometimes we don't focus on the character of God, mm-hmm. and that is, and so I'll timestamp this. It's Memorial Day weekend, but Cody's sermon today was about how you can be standing like right in the will of God, but there's chaos circling all around you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're not in the will of God. Right. Um, so just is God enough in it? And mm-hmm. if the worst case scenario happened would God still be enough? Mm-hmm. And would He still be faithful? And would He still be kind? Yes. And so just going back to that constantly and having people to remind you of that yeah. is, has been huge for me. Yes. Contentment. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it takes um, bravery and vulnerability. We have to say what we're struggling with honestly. So we, in our Christian community, with our friends, we know that we'll speak that truth into us because not every day is great. Mm-hmm. Or some days we are struggling with being discontent about a circumstance or a situation or an aging body or, you know, and you have to say that to your close friend so that they will speak God's truth back to you. I mean, it's really a relational, you know, situation, I think. Mm-hmm. I've heard you say before too, Corey, I don't know if you remember this, how important it is to you that you steward your suffering well. Mm-hmm. What did you mean by that? Because I think sometimes when things are hard, we can think it's out of control. There's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. But I do think part of what can help us with our contentment, first of all, is totally finding it in the Lord. That's absolutely the only thing we know we can count on. And mm-hmm. He is enough. Right. <laughs> like that really does give us all the inner confidence mm-hmm. and peace that we need. He mm-hmm. truly is. Mm-hmm. And I think that phrase that you've said, stewarding your suffering well, can also be a tool to help us with our contentment. What did you mean by that? Um, so that's a Matt Chandler quote, one of his. I don't wanna, I don't, it's great wisdom. It's not mine. Um, and he just asked that in one of his sermons, are you stewarding your suffering well? And I, some of our suffering is self-inflicted, right? Like some of the things we're going through are because of choices we made or things we did, and some of them, like cancer or not, we experience both in right. this life. Sure. And so stewarding it well to me is, um, and I'll kind of go back to what Cody said in his sermon today just because it's fresh on my mind was whatever your circumstances, healthy, not healthy, married, not married, employed, not employed, are you glorifying the Lord? And so in whatever circumstances mm-hmm. that we are, mm-hmm. are we stewarding it well? Am I showing you Jesus? Am I showing you that's where my hope is? Or am I over here just grumbling and complaining and jumping off the cliff, right? And so um, for me, it is just, and trying to teach it to kids too, I think really Recenters you on if you're content, mm-hmm. um, and back to what Carol said about we're not all we're not supposed to just have happy days of happy kids isn't the goal, and that I don't think that's God's goal for us either. Is that we're just happy adults, just you get everything you want, and I say yes to everything because sometimes our plans are ridiculous, and a lot of times probably what much worse than what the Lord has for us. Um, but just we're supposed to be more Christ-like on the other side of it. So whatever suffering you're in, we don't stay in the valley and pitch a tent and camp out there. We walk through it. But are we stewarding it well? Am I showing you Jesus? Am I glorifying the Lord in what I do and say? And so even in circumstances that I can't control um, with people, husbands, kids, coworkers, whatever it may be, my job's not to change you, mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes that's... I'm supposed to fix it and I'm supposed to change. And that's not my, my job is to glorify the Lord and how I speak to you and what I say and what I do. That's my only job. It's not to fix this or change you in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a heart check a lot, <laughs> Kathy, is what I have to do. <laughs> just have to really assess we my motives and my heart and pray. And again, praying for things we'd like to change, but if they don't change, the Lord is good. And he has enough and remembering that. Yeah. I feel like, Corey, you mentioned on the front end that as women, we wrestle with contentment. And I think some of that, maybe a lot of that, comes through comparison, mm-hmm. comparing of our things, comparing of a relationship, comparing of a circumstance. And I feel like comparison 
is a contentment killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. So talk to me for a minute. I'm assuming you have because you're human and I have too wrestled with comparison and contentment. Mm-hmm. What, how have you seen that or what have you learned about that? Well, for me, you know, and wanting to be someone who glorifies the Lord. Um, and then you see a picture of a godly, beautiful woman who can quote scripture off the top of her head. It rolls off her tongue like a song on the radio. You know, <laughs> that is that is not me. No matter how badly I want to be that person, I don't think I could ever be that person. That is not how I'm bent, how the Lord created me. So I just... I struggle sometimes with being content, even in the Christian woman that I am, you know, wanting to be more and better and um, and all of those things. I, I don't know. Also, you know, seeing the way other women parent their children or um, having an expectation of, I want my relationship with my adult children to be just like that or, you know, just like those people. And it's just not... It's not always the case. And so you have to then adjust yourself to how am I going to glorify the Lord in parenting these adult children that I have and um, being the person they need me to be and not expecting them to be the person I have idealized them to be or want them to be or I've fantasized my relationship with them to be, you know, Um, but just taking a hard look at what my expectations are for the people around me and how I can like you said, Corey, glorify the Lord in that situation or, you know. I think that's really important because God has created you a certain way Mm -hmm. and he's created the people around you a certain way Mm -hmm. and he has given you a certain purpose and the details of it aren't supposed to match Corey's. They aren't supposed to match mine. And yet sometimes we think that the circumstances should. And I do think a healthy commitment can come from, okay, God, how have you created me? And yes, he's going to change you, meaning sanctify you. Like he wants to get rid of the sin in our life and make our character look more like Jesus, but not change your personality and not change your kids or your boss or whoever that is. And so that contentment of, okay, God, this is who I am. This is who you are. This is who that person is. And how can I step into that well versus making it fit someone I'm not, or someone that my child isn't, or my employee isn't. And that just becomes miserable. Mm-hmm. And so I think looking at things at they as they are versus what our expectation or dream might be is very helpful in being content in where we are and in what God is doing around us. I agree. And I think most of my contentment really uh, bubbles out of my own sin and bubbles out of wanting my way over what God has given me. And in relationships or in circumstances, you know, so. And I think about at times when I've not done that, I've missed some blessings I could have gotten. Discontentment steals a lot. Yes. Mm -hmm. It steals a lot. And I don't, I don't want to let it steal more. I agree. I want to enjoy Mm -hmm. what is versus getting caught up in what isn't. Corey, I know that again, because you're human, you wrestle with this like Carol and I do. So how have you seen comparison be tricky for you with contentment? Um, I think I get the privilege to be surrounded by just talented, godly women and mothers and um, just people who I really love. Um, But in that, it's easy to start focusing on like the 
easily visible and measurable things. Mm -hmm. And so you can almost start worrying more about what you look like, the habits that you're doing, right? How you Even the Christian habits. Yes, yes, for sure, about displaying the right kind of behavior more than you're really worried about, am I rooted in Christ? And is that my identity? Or am I just really wanting to come across as this, I can rattle scripture off beautifully. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for sure, I think we just compare ourselves to other women. And sometimes it's not... they're wonderful people and lovely. Yeah, they um, aren't asking you yeah. to compare yourself <laughs> yeah. yes, to them. But yes, it's so easy to just get in that mindset of, but am I displaying the right behaviors? Do I look like that too? Do I look like I'm doing what she's doing and doing it the right way? Um, instead of really going back to what you said of just who has the Lord made me and how has the Lord gifted me and how can I walk in that? I think that's a really profound thought. Like there's a difference between real contentment and fake contentment. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I got this from from hearing you say this. This was not my insight of you can learn what you're supposed to say to sound content and right. learn what the Christian thing to to look like is. But the really digging in and talking to the Lord and learning who his character is and doing the hard work of mm-hmm growing and actually learning contentment instead of faking contentment right. is a different, that's a different skill. And I think what you have brought up is wanting to push us toward like really going back to the word and the prayer and being honest about your triggers and your sin and saying, Lord, I would like the real fruit of contentment, not an external fake representation right. of it. I think that's really profound. So we've talked a lot about contentment in different areas, and I've loved y'all's thoughts and really learned from you. And I want to, as we begin to close, offer you an opportunity to share a final thought, a final encouragement, because the journey in contentment, number one, it's not easy. And so part of me wants to say, keep going, keep keep fighting, keep wrestling, you know, like don't, don't settle for fake contentment, really go back to the Lord and say, okay, I don't want to be mad or bitter about this, but I kind of am. And so will you help me Lord, so that I'm not just faking contentment, but in light of what God has taught you and what you would like to encourage our listeners, what's a final thought or encouragement or two that you'd like to share? I think um, for me, you know, learning contentment uh, is an ongoing learning. It's a high school you never graduate from. Maybe uh, it's just it's it's just a daily struggle. And I think you know we we have to choose it. And so in choosing it, we have to choose to be in God's word. We have to choose Christian community around us that'll speak it back to us when we're struggling. We have to choose to be honest about our struggles. You know, and what what we are discontent about, and we have to be brave enough to admit our discontentment comes from our sin. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just think um, it it just really helps to have family and friends around us um, that you can be honest, you know, with your struggles about. So I agree with you. Keep on going. <laughs> Keep on. I don't know if you remember this, but we sat down to talk about this just one time. Um, or one time we sat down and talked about what we might cover in this episode. Mm-hmm. And you two know each other better than I know either one of you and have spent more time to each other. And one of you, I think it was Corey said this, I'm not sure, but you were like, my crazy and you're crazy just kind of come together 
Yes. (laughs) And we can be honest about our crazy, and it's really helpful in that. And I thought, okay, that's a fun way to describe a friendship. I bring my crazy and good and broken, and you bring your crazy and good and broken, and we point each other to Jesus, and we share that. And I thought that was just a really beautiful description of a friendship. Very yeah. true. <laughs> it is very true. I never each other knowing looks across yes. the table right now. Yes. Um, to have friends that you never, you don't feel judged by. I right. think it's important. I can bring my crazy. Honestly, and now we know each other really well. I know. Um, I can bring my crazy to her and she meets me with it. Where there's not, But then she points me back to the Lord. We don't just sit and stay in our complaints and our grumbling. And I think that's because you can find fellowship in that too. It's mm-hmm. actually very easy to find fellowship with other people who want to grumble and complain about the same thing that you do and to stay stuck in that. And then it is just miserable and it robs you of other blessings. Of a joy. It robs you of joy. Yes. And I think it's just because I'm a few years ahead of you in age, Corey. <laughs> a lot. Just a day or two. Just a day or two. <laughs> that um, I was in those same struggles you know, that you've been in. And I, I just have a little bit more sight around the corner. Yes. And, um, good perspective. Yes. Offer I, yes. Good perspective. And I know it's going to be okay. And and that God has a plan in, in your struggling as well. So yeah, I love it. I love your friendship. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, Corey, what about you? What's a final thought or encouragement or something you've learned? Um, I think that we are just saying, don't. we're not asking anyone to fake happiness. We're mm-hmm. saying these are very deep-rooted things that we become fixated on that sometimes are valid things and sometimes they're not. But in, in ourselves, we mm-hmm. find um, just grumbling and complaining often. And once it, that one thing gets fixed, it's something, it just moves on. And so just it never runs out. Yes, but not um, staying in that and not just faking happiness, but really like seeking the Lord. Like when you know you're there or before you get there, before you hit the spiral, to really ask someone a couple of years ahead of you, here's what I'm dealing with, and let them offer you biblical perspective or find an app that will read you scripture or do a Bible study with friends. Um, because it is easy to fake it. It is very easy to camouflage that you're discontent for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not what the Lord wants for you either. Mm-mm. That's not where the Lord wants us. And His blessings are more than we could ever deserve. They really, we, re, we really do have a lot to celebrate. And He wants us to focus on that way more than He wants us focused in the things we think we need so desperately that are making us discontent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I might need to confess that I, I was the one that came to all and said, let's do an episode on contentment. So it was my idea. But sometimes when I heard that hear contentment, I almost roll my eyes because something about it, I either don't like it or I feel like sometimes, sometimes when people have said that word, I feel like probably wrongly, they're just saying, just stop complaining about how hard your life is. Mm-hmm. And I have actually enjoyed our conversations about contentment. And not that I wasn't expecting to enjoy time with the two of you, but I wasn't necessarily expecting to enjoy contentment. And it's really been a joy to me and the thought of how freeing it can be when we process it correctly, take it to the Lord, and can actually not fake contentment, but have some of that has been a real joy to me. And so I love offering the joy of contentment (laughs) to the people who are listening as 
I've learned from the two of you, yes, it's a battle. Yes, I don't always win, but I want to always keep fighting for it because it's really worth it. And the Lord really is enough. And I think that that's a real gift that you guys have shared with us. So thanks for joining us for this episode. And I'm going to pray. Lord, you are enough. You are beautiful and wonderful. And I thank you for the gift of contentment. I thank you for the gift of patience as we, um, your patience with us as we wrestle with it. I pray that you would grow each one of us into more contented women, that you would grow each one of us into women who really find our contentment fully in you, and also women that encourage the people around us to press for and find contentment and rest in who you are and in how you've created us and in the purposes and people you have put in our lives. Thanks for the gifts of Corey, the gift of Carol, and the gift of this time together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, be sure to follow Encouraged and Equipped.